everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Have I told you lately that I love you? I want you to know that I love you and I'm thankful for you and I'm proud of you. And this hope that we just sung about that all of us desperately need We not only need it in Eastern Ohio, the world needs it. Last week, we celebrated Generosity Sunday, and you've given a little over $80,000 to the Middle East. Isn't that great, huh? That's fantastic. And I just want to encourage you, if God leads you, you have an envelope in the pocket behind you that says special event. You can give to that up to the end of the year. And we're seeing lives change. I told you, we've had 65, little over 6,500 people come to know Christ through our ministry in the Middle East. And so people's lives are experiencing hope and healing. And so if God leads you to do so, I encourage you to do that. I want to have a conversation with you, though, today about Christmas, about Christmas. Let's have a conversation about Christmas. Now, Christmas has a way of interfering with everything. Would you agree with me? Some of us are already disturbed by Christmas. We're just hoping to get through it. And I don't want you just to get through it. I want Christmas to forever change your life. But it interferes with us, does it not? I mean, you've already changed the way in which you're decorating your house. You're going to change some food items and meals. Your schedule is going to be changed. You're going to be spending more money than what you want, probably what you think, all right? And Christmas just has a way of disrupting everything, and it's pretty big. And so I think it deserves a conversation. What's all the fuss? Why all the chaos? And you might say, well, Dwight, I I know what Christmas is all about. Are you for sure about that? You might say, hey, I've heard it ever since I've been a child. I know what Christmas is all about. I'm not for sure. And you might say, well, I'm a Christ follower. But do you truly understand all of the implications of Christmas? I want to help you with that. Maybe you're here today and maybe you're not a Christ follower. Maybe you're here with a friend or a family member and they've invited you to come. And you're asking, what's all the fuss? I'd want to know. I, I, I would be asking, what is all the fuss? What's all the chaos? Why is this not only happening in Eastern Ohio, but literally throughout America and literally around the world? What's going on with all the decorations, all the Christmas carols, all the songs? What's up? What's happening? So it calls for a conversation. And so let's have a conversation, whether you are a Christ follower or whether you're not a Christ follower. And then I want you to come to this place in your life after we have these conversations. By the way, I I, I want you to be here every weekend in December, and you can invite a family member and a friend. You can pick up one of these cards as you leave today. They're at the entrance, and you can invite somebody. But here's the reason why we need to have a conversation. You need to ask yourself, where do I stand? Where do I stand? 
on this thing called Christmas. What do I truly believe about Christmas? Here at New Point, we believe in the first Christmas. We believe all of it. We believe that there was an event that happened and it changed everything. We believe that it's really a love story about our creator who knitted us together in our mother's womb and then visited earth to demonstrate his love for us and to let us know what he is like. And so I want us to look at the Christmas story. And I want you to take a fresh look at it. I want you to look at it like you've never heard it before. Because what happens is we have a tendency to skim over things. Would you agree with me? Just give me the cliff notes. And when we do that with the Christmas story, we miss out on so much. And so when you look at something for the very first time, you always look at it differently. Would you agree with me? Think of the first experiences that you had when you held your child, okay? It was incredible. Or maybe when you went on that blind date or when you went to your first job or when you sent your child to school or when you played that golf course. When you had those first experiences, you looked at it totally different. And then what happens if we're not careful, we become so familiar that we miss out on things that are very, very important. And so I want us to look at the Christmas story as though it's our very first time. And if you do that, I promise you, your life will never, ever be the same. Have you ever had somebody prepare you for a first experience? You know, they tell you maybe you're going to Disney. Hey, you want to make sure that you eat these kind of cookies. You want to make sure that you go to this restaurant. You want to make sure that you ride this kind of ride. And so what happens is what they are doing is they are heightening your awareness because they know that if they don't, that you'll miss some of the things that are so crucial and so important and so good. And so it is with us. They want you to get the full experience. Like, how would you respond if this afternoon you get a text from your boss and your boss says, hey, I want to see you in the morning. We need to talk. Or if you come home tomorrow night and candles are lit and the lights are turned down low, you're saying, oh, hmm. It's setting the stage for something, right? It's preparing you for something. And when you set something up, you do it because you want a greater chance at embracing everything. You want a greater chance of succeeding. And that's what I want us to do over the next several weeks. And so we're going to work our way through the Christmas story. We're going to look at it with fresh eyes. And this is so, so important because I don't want you to miss anything. So let's go through it, okay? I don't want you to get through Christmas. I want you to be excited about Christmas. I, I know that you're going to have to travel. That's annoying. I know that you're going to probably have to be with some family people that might be ignoring, ignored, okay? I, I know all of these different frustrations, but I want us to get through Christmas in a way that's life-changing. And so let's look at the Gospel of Luke. Luke was a doctor. He was very detail-oriented. And he did an investigation and he wrote about it so that you and I 
would be able to have a heightened awareness about what really went on. Let's look at what he has to say. Many have undertaken to draw upon account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses, okay, and servants of the word. Luke here is saying, you know what? I've been influenced by Jesus Christ. I've been influenced by his teaching. I've been influenced by his life. And I am going to do an investigation. I've been hired by a name, by a man named Theophilus. And he wants to know the truth. He wants to have an account of what really happened. He's heard some stuff, but he wants to know the truth from his birth to his resurrection. And so I have interviewed witnesses. I have interviewed people who were there, who saw it with their own eyes. And I'm going to give Theophilus an account. And because of that, we have an account. He goes on to say this, with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything, check this out, from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Wow. He is saying, I have put some things together so that you will know without a shadow of doubt that it is true. It's not a fairy tale. It's not something that somebody made up. And so he does this research and he lets you and I in on the Christmas story. And so what would happen if you and I would just embrace the Christmas story? What would happen if you and I looked at it as though it was the very first time? I think we would be changed. I think that we would be changed forever and ever and ever. And so let's do that. Luke goes on to begin to record it. He says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, all right, this is Mary's cousin who is now pregnant, though she is old. Her and Zachariah are up in their age. They wanted to have kids, but they could never have kids. And now she's pregnant and she is carrying the one who will be Jesus's cousin named John the Baptist. Let's go on. God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So what he is saying here is that this Messiah is going to come through the lineage, okay, of David, the greatest king that Israel had ever had. He goes on to say this, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. What's he saying? He is saying, hey, Mary, God has taken notice of you. He knows you. He's recognized you. Goes on, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Wouldn't we all? I think we all would be, okay? Goes on, he says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Isn't that great? You have found favor with God. He continues, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high God. Wow. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never, ever end. What's he saying? He's saying that a king is going to be born. Like no other king, a king is going to enter in to the world. He goes on. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Great question, Mary. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Now, here's what you need to understand. This is mind-blowing. You and I are looking back on this. She's not looking back on this. This is happening right now to her. It's happening and it's blowing her mind. And, and if it is true, and it is true, it changes everything. It changes everything. That's why we need to get this. He goes on. He says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive, check this out, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Isn't that good? We just sung about the authority of God. His word never comes back void. For whatever God wants to happen, listen to me, it will happen. It will happen. And it's as though this angel knew that Mary would struggle with what he was conveying to her. And so he tells her, hey, you know, you know your cousin Elizabeth, him and Zachariah? You know, they've been trying to have kids forever and ever. You know what? I just want you to know, just want you to know she's pregnant. Go check it out. If you're having a hard time receiving my truth, if you're having a hard time receiving my word, go talk to Elizabeth and you will find out that she's already six months pregnant. For my word never fails. Never fails. Listen, listen to me. This is how I live, folks. If God wants it to happen, nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. God is God. He's sovereign. We're going to learn that. And so Luke goes on. He says, I, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And here's my prayer for our time together over the next several weeks, that your response, my response will be that of Mary's response. May your word to me be fulfilled. You see, my concern is, is that we've allowed the supernatural to become mundane to us in the Christmas story. And somehow we just kind of go over the fact that she was a virgin, that she had never been with a man, and yet she conceives a child. And it's hard for many of us to take it in. So just take a deep breath and exhale and just say, you know what? This is incredible. This is unbelievable. But I know it to be true. I know it to be true. You see, I realize that you're going to have to fight through all of the decorations, all of the parties, all of the company. You're going to have to fight through all of that. And you can just try to get through Christmas without taking a fresh look of Christmas. And I don't want that to happen. I want you and I to take a fresh look at Christmas. And as we do, I see at least four things that I want to share with you this morning. That, that, that you will be amazed 
that happened that maybe you have overlooked in your life. And so here's the first one. The first one is the power of God. The power of God. When you read through Luke, when you read the Christmas story, what you end up seeing is the power of God, that God is a supernatural being and that he can do whatever he wants to do. He calls things not as he would have them to be, not, not as they are, but as he would have them to be. That's what he did with Mary. Mary wasn't pregnant, but he said, I need you to be pregnant. And so I'm gonna speak and you're gonna become pregnant. Look at what Luke records. This is what Luke records. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Wow. And Mary, look at Mary's answer. I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The angel said, hey, Mary, you know what? You're gonna become pregnant, though you've never been with a man. And it's gonna be because of the supernatural power of God. Think of that. A virgin is going to give birth because the power of God is going to overshadow her. The power of God is going to fill her. You see, he brings everything together. And the power of God can do amazing, incredible things. Here's my question for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe in the power of God that he can change your marriage? He can break that addiction. He can cause you to release and forgive what has happened in the past. Do you believe that? See, what would happen this Christmas if every time you saw a nativity scene, you would think of the power of God. Wow, the power of God. It can change me. It can change my marriage. It can change my family. You see, listen to me. God has the power to orchestrate everything and anything to conform to his will. What would happen if you would be on the lookout for the power of God this Christmas? Among all your activities, among all the company that you're gonna entertain and be with, the power of God. Let's go on. Here's what we'll see. We'll see people of purpose. When you look at the Christmas story and you look at it in a fresh way, you not only see the power of God, but you see people of purpose. And that's the power of a yes. Have you ever really said yes to God? I mean, have you ever been there with Mary and say, hey, Lord, Whatever you want, however you want to do it, I'm all in. Have you ever said that? Probably not. Truth be known. And so what happens is you struggle with purpose in your life. And here you have a young girl, okay, probably 15, 16 years of age, living in a small town that nine chances out of 10, if it were not for God moving and working in her life, she would have lived and died and no one would have ever known her. And yet she said yes to God. And she found purpose for her life. You see, listen, this should make you excited because here's what we find out about Mary. Mary had a purpose bigger than her problems. 
And God is looking for people who will give birth to what he wants to do in them and through them in the world. Think about Mary just for a moment, okay? She's 15 years old. She's pregnant. She's unwed. Can you imagine having a conversation with your dad about that? Can you imagine what other people would think? Can you imagine what Joseph would feel and think? Can you imagine how that would turn your world upside down? You know what? The the, the two greatest things that keep adults from living a purpose-filled life is the fear of failure and the fear of rejection. Y'all okay? And so you know what? We're waiting for retirement. Isn't that fun? Can't wait to get retired. Wow. And so what happens is you battle defeat, you battle discouragement, you battle with with depression, and you wonder whether your life matters because you don't have purpose in your life. And Mary had purpose in her life that was greater than the disapproval and the misunderstanding that she was going to face. Most of us cringe if somebody disapproves of them. Most of us cringe if we have a misunderstanding. But you know what? She had the power of God in her life. And she became a person of purpose. Wow. See, don't miss this story. 15 years of age. By the way, she's a woman. And women were looked down upon in that day and age. Matter of fact, being pregnant and being unmarried, unwed, could mean that she could be stoned to death. She knew all of that. And yet she said, Lord, let it happen just as you have said. You know why? Because she experienced the power of God in her life. How about this one right here? Provision of salvation. When we take a fresh look, when we take a look at Christmas as though it is the first time, you will see the provision of salvation. That this whole story, this whole thought is built around the fact that you and I need a savior. You think you need a counselor, you need a savior. You think that you need a leader, you need a savior. You think that you need more money, you need a savior. You think you need a better house, you need a savior. Put it in there. What we really need is a savior. We need a savior. Matthew talks about it in this way. He says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Do you understand how wretched you are? I love you. Do you? Most of us don't. Most of us think we're a whole lot better than what we really are. And let me just tell you, you and I are rotten to the core. Rotten to the core. We're depraved. We're in need of a savior. The question is, are you convinced that you're in need of a savior. See, see what happened is Jesus dealt with this when he walked on the earth because here's what he said. He said, hey, 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 all you righteous people, all you righteous people, I know what you said. You got, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that if you look upon a woman in lust, you've committed adultery. That's how wretched you are, dude. Don't be telling me you haven't cheated on your wife when your heart is desperately wicked. You all okay? Huh? You have heard it said, do not murder. But I tell you that if you hate your brother, if you withhold forgiveness from your brother, if you've got bitterness towards somebody, you're a murderer. 
Anybody need a savior? Huh? See, I, I, I look at my life and I say, Dwight, you are so wretched. Left to yourself. You've heard me say this. Dude, you are a train wreck waiting to happen. See, there's nothing good in Dwight apart from Jesus Christ. It's unbelievable. You know what I mean? I'm wretched and yet God values me. But I've got to see myself for who I really am. Apart from Christ, I am totally lost. There's nothing good in Dwight. And Christmas is all about provision of salvation, that Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became sin so that Dwight could be forgiven of his sin because it's a problem in Dwight's life. Anybody with me? And see, we miss that. We, we see him as a sweet little baby. But he grew up to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And I need forgiveness. I'm in desperate need of forgiveness. I'm a broken man. And when I look at Christmas, I say, God, thank you so much that you so love the world. And not only the world, you've made it personal. You so loved Dwight that you were willing to come and exchange my place with you and your place with me so that I could be forgiven, so that you would remove my sins as far as the East is from the West, to remember them no more. And so Christmas is all about provision of salvation that, you know what, I can be forgiven. I can have guilt and shame removed from my life. I don't have to live there, even though I'm broken. Even though I fall short over and over and over again. And Jesus himself went on to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. See, Christmas, we're going to learn this, okay? Christmas draws lines. You're either in or you're out. You either know Jesus or you don't know Jesus. See, Jesus, listen, Jesus did not come to make bad people into good people. Y'all okay? Well, he was a good man, not good enough. Not good enough. He came to make dead people alive through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection. You might say, Dwight, is, isn't that pretty narrow-minded? How can you be so narrow-minded? Here's, here's the reason why, okay? Everybody, okay, is invited. Everybody gets in the same way. And everybody's way is paid. Can you get... Much better than that. Everybody's invited. Everybody gets in the same way. And everybody's way has been paid. It just comes through a savior. And that savior is Jesus. And so as we look and we take a fresh look at the Christmas story, we see the power of God. We see people who have purpose. We see the provision of salvation. And finally, we see the proclamation of the kingdom the kingdom. The angel said that this baby will be a descendant from the throne of David, from the throne of David. Look what Luke writes. Luke says, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never, ever end. You see, he's King Jesus. 
He came to establish his kingdom. And so many people missed it because they thought that he was talking about an earthly kingdom, but he wasn't. He was talking about a spiritual kingdom of where you and I can be connected with our creator and we can know him as our father in heaven. And we are invited into this kingdom that allows us, listen to me, that allows us to live in a way that we could never live otherwise because now we're a part of his kingdom. The shepherds, the wise men, all of them were invited to this kingdom. You and I today, we're invited to this kingdom and they came announcing it. And you know what happens when you send out invitations, right? When you send out invitations, what do you do? You throw a party, right? You have balloons, you have flags, you have all of that when you open up a store, when you open up a, a business, you have banners, you put it all over social media and you say, come and see and experience this new thing. And that's what the angels did. They said, behold, I bring you what? Good news of great joy. Today in the town of Bethlehem, a savior has been born unto you. And guess what? You and I can experience him. And we can live in this kingdom. You can live in this kingdom right here and now. Listen to me, a kingdom that's not determined by external forces. It's determined by the king himself. It's a king that satisfies. It's a king kingdom that, that allows you to live life to the fullest. Imagine if all of us who say that we believe in the Christmas story, who say that we believe in the Christ child, who, says, who say that we believe in King Jesus and that he is Lord of Lords, what would happen if you and I would begin to live in this kingdom and live out its truths, its principles, and its promises and values? What would happen if we did that right here and now? Wow. And you might not be a Christ follower here today, but let me ask you a question. What would you like the world to be more of? I promise you, the words that you would use would be similar to the words of the kingdom of God. And so when you look at the first Christmas, realize that it's a proclamation, it's a declaration of the kingdom of God. You will see that a king was born and he has come here to set up his kingdom. And you might say, what is his kingdom like? Romans tells us what his kingdom is like. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What does righteousness mean? It means that you're right with God. It means that you're right with one another. You see, when you're, listen, when you're living in the kingdom of God, you're right with God and you're right with people. If you're not right with people, you're not right with God. You okay on that one? Doesn't matter if you come to church, doesn't matter if you sing, doesn't matter if you read your Bible. If you're not right with people, you're not right with God because his kingdom is righteousness. I'm in right relationship with God. I'm in right relationship with everybody else. It's a kingdom of peace a peace that the world cannot give and a peace that the world cannot take away. Your mind is at rest. Your mind is, is at peace. There's a contentment there because you know who the king is and you know that he's ruling and that he's reigning. It's a kingdom of joy, 
of joy. I, I have strength. I have purpose. I have meaning in my life. I have power in my life. That's the kingdom of God. Are you there? Have you accepted the invitation? Do you know the Christmas story? That it's one of power. It's one of purpose. It's one of proclamation. It's one of provision. You know, it's much, much more than a story of sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> it's a story of a king of kings and the Lord of lords who has set up his kingdom right here on earth, who rules and reigns, and he invites you and I to live in that kingdom. And here's my challenge for you. My challenge for you is that you will not miss a weekend in December that you'll be here as we walk through the Christmas story. Next week, we're going to look at the characters that God called to play in this Christmas story. And so I encourage you to take advantage of the invite cards and invite your family and friends because there is a king. His name is Jesus. He has a kingdom that's going to rule and reign forever and ever. And he wants you to live in it, not just right now, but he wants you to dwell and live there forever and ever and ever. And so what would happen if all of us who call New Point our home would determine and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to live out the Christmas story this time. Yeah, there's going to be decorations. Yeah, there's going to be parties. Yeah, there's going to be travel. There's going to be all that. But when I look at that nativity scene, when I see that Christmas tree, when I hear those Christmas carols, God, I'm going to think of your power. I'm going to think of the purpose that you have for me here on earth. I'm going to think of your provision that, that I am holy and I am righteous and I am pure because of your salvation. And I am going to think that I'm a part of a kingdom of God that will never, ever, ever end. Would you pray with me? Maybe you're here today and you need the power of God in your life. Would you say what Mary spoke and just say, hey, Lord, may your word be fulfilled in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my career, in my health, in my workplace. Would you say today, God, I don't even know why I'm alive. God, today, I need to know that I have purpose and I have meaning and that I have a future. And just say, God, I'm I'm saying yes to you. Or maybe today you feel shame and guilt and you need to be able to say, God, today I stand in need of your forgiveness. Please forgive me. Or maybe today you have settled for a life less than what he died for and you need to say, today, God, I want to live in your kingdom of righteousness and of peace and of joy. And so Father, we thank you today for your love story that you have captured through Luke for us here today. May we embrace it. May we take a fresh look at it and may we embrace it and live it out. And we pray it in your name, amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.